Pink Moscato. Uh, Morgan, do you want to share with our audience what you were looking for at Shit Safeway? <sighs> I'm so fucking pissed. Okay, there is this thing called Venique. Please tell me you've is heard of V-E-N-I-Q? it. Is it V E N I Q? No, 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 no. V I N I Q. Venique. Isn't that what I just said? No, you said V E N. Okay, I meant to say V I N. Okay, Venique. It is in a thin bottle because it makes you want to be skinny girl. It is purple, which is my mother-in-law's favorite color, who incidentally is the person who introduced me to this. And the best part is that it has swirling glitter inside of it that you drink. And it tastes like juice and it fucks you up. But this shit safe way, like it always fucking is was out of everything. This sounds like my worst nightmare drink. It sounds awful. Do you remember Zima? Yeah, but I never got to try it, but I always wanted to when <laughs> I was a kid. You would have loved Zima. Oh, I'm sure. Because that's kind of what it was like, except it was clear and there was no glitter. But it was fucking mm. disgusting. Mm, okay. Fucking disgusting. Just and taste this really quick. Well, but you're not drinking Vinique. No, 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 but taste this. What are you actually so drinking? So this, okay, this pink bubbly Moscato, you're going to hate this. I love it. You're going to hate it. Oh, <laughs> that's awful. I'm going to drink the whole bottle. So Morgan, like, unabashedly drinks really girly drinks. But not all of them. Only if they're cheap wine girl drinks. I No, but you always drink girl drinks, right? I don't think I've ever Fuck seen no. you. Girl, I would never drink, like, a Cosmo. I don't even know what's in I there. don't even know what it's in a Cosmo either. You know what I would drink, though? A lemon drop, and I have. I've never had a lemon drop. Uh, I, I find sweet alcohol... It makes me want to throw up before I'm even drunk. No, like, no, me it's too. It's awful. Like, okay, on my 21st birthday, my mom was like, let's go get Bellinis. What's up with the fox of Bellini? I don't know. It's this frozen thing, but it was so sweet that it, like, made me ill. No, I just will drink. I just love sweet wine. Give me that sweet wine. Oh, so good. Nice. Anyway, this reminds me of the 50s, this drink. I just feel like the pink and the bubbly, it's like shampoo in the 50s or something. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of feel, yeah, I see pink alcohol and sort of like a creme de menthe. I think of mm. that as sort of a 50s or 60s yes. drink. I've never had that either because it just sounds awful again. I just feel like you would have a poodle when you drink this. Yeah, a poodle and everything's sort of white and encased in plastic. Yeah, that's kind of my dream. Okay. Tell us what you're drinking, Carrie. Uh, I'm drinking a, okay, I'm going to, bu- this is embarrassing how much I'm going to butcher. This is not an interesting thing at all. Uh, the beer Kieran Ichiban? Ichiban. Ichiban. Because I felt like a light kind of Asian beer. And it's tell them, tell them what it says for good times. <laughs> and we needed some good times, There's, I think. Yeah. You know. Plus, honestly. Morgan's had a rough day. So. I had a rough day. I'm just, uh, yeah. But there's nothing more fun or nothing, nor, no time more good. No gooder time. No gooder time. Than, than talking about Ted Bundy. young women getting murdered. 
Yay. Did we, did we discuss? <laughs> Wait, we have to introduce oh, our podcast. Oh, shit, we didn't introduce ourselves. All right. Okay. Oh, go. Here we go. Welcome to <laughs> My Dark Hour with Morgan and Carrie. This is episode 12, motherfuckers. Ted Bundy, part two. Part two. Okay, so did we talk last time about how Ted Bundy makes us feel really gross? Like, mm. way grosser than the Green River Killer. We did. I th- well, I think that was... kind of. I think we did. Maybe. I don't really remember. We, we don't. By the end, it's... it's it's We're getting a little foggy. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, that's... I bring that up because of the, the idea of, of the good times that... This is, this is gross. Like, yeah. oh, this... I'm not enjoying this as much. I'm finding it more interesting than I... Than I have found Ted Bundy in the past. Yeah, That's me cool. too. Yeah. But I'm not finding it a good time or entertaining particularly. Yeah, no. And in fact, remember the gross out moment we had this week? We literally had a gross out moment over text where there was barf Emotica, emojis. exchange. Yeah. Emojis. There's some serious barfage with this whole thing. Yeah. That's really nasty. We're going to tell you all about it, y'all. There's only, yeah, there's only a few other serial killers who I feel like have attained this level yeah. of ick. It's Ed Kemper. He is the really no. young one. And that one couple. No, no, no. The couple in England, so Rose, Fred and Rosemary West. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, Jeffrey Dahmer. Oh, yeah, I, he, Dahmer. He attained that level of gross. Albert Fish. True. Albert okay. Fish is out of fucking control. Good point, yeah. He was, like, eating shit. Oh, no, I know. He was, he's that guy. So yeah. Any, he's, he's that guy. He's that guy. You know the one who <laughs> eats shit. Who eats shit. And, <laughs> and like puts nails in his penis and oh, wants to fuck yeah. little children. Like that guy, you Wait, know. Wait, weren't they needles? Didn't he put needles in his penis? I thought they were nails. Or may- maybe they were needles. He maybe. was swallowing shit. Maybe putting... we need to do a podcast on it. Oh, man. And I've thought about that, but I'm like, how deep do I really want to go into Albert Fish. Because no. I've skimmed the surface. I'm like, oh. I want to go super deep and trigger my OCD hand-washing obsession like I had <laughs> when I was a kid. Because uh, I know that it will happen. Is needles in the penis or eating poop going to trigger the that obsession? Poop. The poop. Okay. Well, and there are questions I have now. Was it his own poop? Were there other were people's, people's poop? poop? Was it sexual? <gasps> was it just him by himself? Girl, you know, maybe with he, a spoon? Maybe... Like, <laughs> Maybe he just wanted a back alley um, poop transplant to get his, to change up his, he was ahead of his time, okay? okay? Pause, time out. Vice News has a really, really fucking interesting documentary about fecal transplants. I highly recommend everybody watch it. It's only like 15 minutes because it's part of a, a longer episode, but me and Ivan talk about it. We talk about poop transplants. Constantly, because his stomach is always upset and my stomach yeah. is never upset. I'm like, we should do a fucking poop transplant. Yeah, I also want to do a poop transplant from your poop because I... I, I will donate. Like, I just want to get skinny. That's what I want. Well, but they they think that that's part of it. That I know. That that's your gut microbiome. It causes, you know, depression <gasps> or your weight. I mean, there's <gasps> all kinds of things that it's related it to. cure all my problems. I don't think my poop is going to make you less depressed. I will definitely Ooh. tell you that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Okay, so, so this, this is what we're going to do. That's happening. Okay. But. First, you transfer your poop to me, I'll get skinny, and then we'll both find someone who lives a normal, well-adjusted life, and then we'll both take their poop. 
So we're just, in the future, we're just all going to be just shuffling poop around. Like, that, that's that's the way the world's going to operate. Hey, yo, give me your poop. <laughs> give me your poop. Ah, <laughs> uh, we've devolved. Okay. We haven't um, even, yeah. So, Ted Bundy, Bed Tundy, Ted Tundy, <laughs> where, we left off last with Lake Sammamish and Issaquah, Yes. What? Denise Nasland, Janice Ott. Wait, wait. Didn't we leave off with him moving to Utah? Or did we not even... No, yeah, we did. But... Okay. We need to establish one thing. Yeah. That we did not mention. Okay. Y'all. In the Lake Sammamish hoopla, the whole thing that happened, a ton of witnesses saw this dude. We talked about this, where they saw him creepily standing by the bathroom, like... (laughs) Like, waiting for a little lady to come out. The other issue is that... People distinctly heard him say that his name was, are you ready for this? Ted. The, the, also- the fucking genius <laughs> who is trying to lure women to murder them using his own real first name, surrounded by thousands of people. <laughs> this this is our genius. And I'm, uh, right. and I'm doing air quotes, which you can't see. <laughs> yeah, air quotes don't really work on a podcast, do they? Unfortunately, because I really love them. Clearly, I'm not a genius, because I, I can't figure that out. I do air quotes all the time. I'll just, we'll, air, we'll announce the air quotes. I'll do, like, a play-by-play. Okay, but this is the issue. What I read this week from that great book, what, who wrote that book? Okay, it's, they're, it's called The it. Bundy Murders by... Okay, so digression. We researched good books to read about Ted Bundy, because the only things we had read before we doing this were Riverman by Bob Keppel it's and okay. The Stranger Beside Me by Anne Rule. It's also okay. Fine. It's a little bit better fine. than okay. They're fine, but there's nothing great. I mean, there's no yeah. like well-written, riveting piece of writing out there. And I was on Amazon. I'm not finding shit. Like, I'm just finding self-published nonsense. So, <laughs> Which, they're fun in their own right. Rick Osuna. Uh, Amityville. I mean, <laughs> wow. <laughs> But I feel like with this, it was it, that wasn't what I was looking for. So this was a book that I'll, may also be self-published. I don't know, actually. But got really good reviews. I was like, well, fuck it. I'll try it. It's like 10 bucks on Amazon. But it's actually good. It and of course, such a fucking good I book. I can't think of it. We'll, we'll, I'll put it on the website, whoever wrote it. But decent. It's, okay, honestly, this is the thing that has made me interested in Ted Bundy. Because I feel like every other book that I've read has been so void of details. And it's not that I need details, but I need details, okay? Like, I want the juicy... They talk at one point about him being obsessed with the, like, cyanotic hue of fingernails after death. And I'm like, whoa. Whoa. What the heck? And I think, of course, they're taking artistic liberties every little once in a while. They're doing some speculation. Mm -hmm. But honestly, it's super interesting. So it's a super good book. But what I learned in this book was that he used his own name because previous, so a week previous to going to Lake Sammamish, he was there kind of scoping shit out. You know, the cops were thinking like, oh, he's probably there kind of doing a dry run or possibly looking for his first victim. And he fucking runs into people that he That's knows. Right. So it's like he can't really go out and be like, hey, my name's Ted. Okay, wait, I messed if he that ma- up. If he made up a name. Yeah, and other hi, people my would be like, Eric. wait, like, <laughs> we know you, your name's yeah. Ted. Right. Which, okay, sure. But then there's option number two is don't go to fucking Lake Sammamish. <laughs> like, there's a ton of other places you can, I don't know. Girl, but like, also just don't kill people. Well, like, okay, that's, that's, all, that's option idea. three. <laughs> option three, just don't murder anybody. 
but <laughs> we don't think Ted was was interested in that. So okay, being so, the dum dum that he is, right. he goes to Lake Sammamish and uses his own name, right? And they also all see his car, which is the A famous brown. metallic brown yeah. beetle, right? So I would think, hey, jackpot. There's probably only one person named Ted who has a metallic brown VW. Not true. There was like quite a few. So many. And in the Riverman, it talks about how people <laughs> people would go around. So all t- all the Teds with like a metallic bug would go around, and they would all have their like identification ready to be like. I'm not the right Ted, or would have like a business card from the last cop that they talked to. Like, it, it's not me. It's not me, you guys. Because they were getting pulled over like on the reg. So millions of Teds in these bugs, but they kind of have an idea of what they're looking for. Well, and I don't know if now is a good time to talk about this, but it kind of seems appropriate. So after the Lake Sammamish thing, they had the Ted, they had the Volkswagen, and they had a composite sketch, which wasn't great. But does have a unibrow. Does have a unibrow. Like the real Ted. <laughs> so this goes out. And two, at least two people report Ted Bundy as being a suspect based on this piece of information. Yeah. One is Ann Rule. She, yeah. she So she goes to the cops mm-hmm. and says, because we didn't talk about this, but that's the famous story that Ann Rule, or maybe we did, but Ann Rule knew Ted Bundy. Yeah. That they had met at a crisis uh, or suicide hotline. The other person who submits his name was his fucking girlfriend. Oh, there was also a professor. Oh, and a professor. So yeah, yeah like, like I think four different people <laughs> yeah. gave his name to the cops. The professor also said, I have this weird guy in my class yep. who drives a bug. <laughs> yeah, just literally like, I was like, just, a weird guy. He may be a murderer. <laughs> but his fucking girlfriend, like, but who doesn't break up with him. Uh, like, yeah. stays with him and is like, but he may be a serial killer. Yeah. I'm not sure. Not good. I'm just going to put his name out there. Not good. And we'll definitely talk more yeah, about the we'll, relationship. Get into their and she yeah. she wrote a book which I desperately oh. want to read. Yeah, I know because okay, so Carrie's birthday is next week, and I was like, I'm gonna get her this fucking book. It's called The Phantom Prince by Elizabeth Kendall. Yeah, the cheapest you can find it is like five hundred dollars. Oh Jesus! I know, and I was pissed because I was reading people like on Goodreads talk about it. They actually said it's like not. They said it's okay. It's not that great, but they were like, oh yeah, I found this in my like this used bookstore and I'm just like you motherfuckers fuckers I know old true crime can be worth a lot of money because this always goes out of print right all the shit goes out of print so stupid okay the cops have the Ted they got the Volkswagen they got some tips right but that's all they have that's all they have they don't know who it is so they've got all these murders or disappearances bodies haven't started popping up yet they know that there's a guy named Ted they know that he has a bug that's it that's where we stand. So, now, the next phase of the Ted saga. Ted Bunny decides to move. He applies to University of Utah Law School. And he had applied there the year before, been accepted, right? And didn't go. Mm-hmm. So, had been going to law school at UPS, right? University of Puget Sound, I'm yeah. pretty sure, which is down in Tacoma, which was his hometown. Yeah, and I think we'll get more into this. Yeah, too, we'll like, get into the details, yeah. but I just want to say, like, why he yeah. moved to Utah. So, applies to University of Utah again and mm-hmm. is, I think, again accepted in yeah. the fall of 1974. Yep. So, then decides to move down there in the s- late summer of yeah. that year. If so, I'm... it's like the early September okay. of 74. So, he is moving down. There on the way, and I think we only found out about this later, 
yeah. murders an unidentified hitchhiker. So to this day, we have no idea who he killed. Yeah, September 2nd, 1974. Picked up in Idaho, disposed the body in a river, and came back to take pictures of the body and dismember the corpse. But I believe the body was never found. What? Wait, did he admit that He admitted he this. Fuck. So he... So this is weird. So this is... I don't even know how to say it. I was going to say, like, his discography or bibliography. <laughs> no. List of official victims is very confusing because yeah. he clearly killed more people than he admitted to. Yeah. But then there's people like this who he admitted to, but there's no body and there's no, there's not even a missing person that we know about. So it's, it's strange that, I mean, they must have really believed this particular one for some reason. Right. Yeah, because I think with the investigation, they were looking, they were trying trying so hard when they were talking with him. And again, this is right before he's executed, mind yeah. you. So. They had like lines of cops like waiting right. to talk to him to like solve unsolved um, like cold cases. Right, murders. and they only had a, an hour each. Yeah. Which is nuts. Uh, and he was being like super not helpful. But they were trying so hard to get any kind of corroborating evidence that they could. But I also, and we'll talk about this, I think, more when we get into, like, him as the person. But I feel like he is the kind of person who'd be like, yeah, I totally did that. I totally killed more people. Just to, like, make him seem more diabolical. He He totally did that. I think that he probably actually did do this, but um, who knows? I don't know. But I just, I find this strange, because as far as I know, this is the only unidentified person on the official... I know, isn't that weird? Victimless, so strange. So anyway, in Idaho, on his way down to move to Utah. God, and how many, how many people must have gone missing? Just like oh, hitchhiking God. back in the day. What the fuck? Hitchhiking like, is the scariest fucking thing. Oh my God. I cannot, I know, I know, I didn't oh fucking grow God. up in the 60s, but I absolutely, absolutely cannot imagine doing that. Plus my nightmare is literally driving in a car with someone I don't know and having to make small talk for like hours. Yes. That's bad enough. Like, don't even it may do even that. be worse than getting <laughs> murdered. Just like, oh I god, rather, small dog. Just kill murdered. me already. This is horrible. <laughs> Fuck. Well, and he moves down to Salt Lake City, we should say this. So yes. he, this whole time, or I guess after the Idaho murder, he's living in a house in Salt Lake City, which yep. I've been meaning to to Google map. I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna start using that as a verb. I'm gonna map it. It looks like a cute house. And he lived in an upstairs apartment that had like a separate entrance. So that's kind of interesting because it allowed him a little bit more freedom than it would if he was having to go in the main entrance. Last episode, you'll remember that the victims were pretty much disappearing at about a rate like one every month. Mm -hmm. And that kind of continues. So September 2nd was when the unidentified hitchhiker was picked up. That was literally the first day he left. Yeah. Washington. On the way. He's like, yeah, well, I'm going to treat myself. Gonna, like, murder someone. It's going to be great. So on October 2nd of 1974, Ted Bundy strikes again. And this time he picks up Nancy Wilcox in Holiday, Utah. She's 16 years old and a cheerleader. That's another thing I want to talk about is a lot of these victims are substantially younger. Yeah. Like they get younger and younger and younger. Yeah. There's some exceptions, but it's interesting. Because in Seattle, it was... Or, not just Seattle, but Washington, it was pretty much all college age. Right. Now it's like all teenagers yeah. and younger. Right. So that's interesting. So keep it going. is really interesting. I don't know why that happened, mm. but it's like, yeah. Because he's a perv. You think? <laughs> no. <laughs> I know, right? Okay. So a witness saw her in a yellow VW. 
yellow air quotes VW. (laughs) Okay, she was. This is this is kind of creepy. She was taken into a dark orchard, which seems really horrifying, and started screaming and arguing when he started taking her clothes off. And okay, so she was raped and choked to death. Obviously, like like they all were. Bundy wasn't sure that he had killed her at this point. Yeah, he like choked her. And then he went back hours later and saw that she was, like, in, in exactly the same position. And um, he was like, oh, yeah, clearly I killed her. But this book has oh something to God. say about it. And I had to share this because this is one of those things where they take a little bit of liberty. And it's like, okay, you could have, like, left this out. Okay, here we go, you guys. <laughs> Bundy would have been met with the unmistakable smell of defecation, however small or large amount. <laughs> and urine... Once the body ceased to function. Can't believe I'm laughing. That's so fucked up. There's little to no chance that he could have proceeded with the act of rape and been unaware of her condition. It. Yes. So they're taking (laughs) liberties because I think they're not 100% sure this happened. But when you die, you pee and poop yourself. Well, if you have pee and poop in you. Yeah, but I think most people, there's probably at least a little bit in there. If the, the timing was right, you'd have nothing. <laughs> but I, so you're right. Like, it's not 100% sure that that's true. But yeah. I think it's trying to really make it clear, like, how disgusting it is that you right. would rape somebody who was dead. Yeah, like, and then act like you didn't know. Like, oh, what? They oh, were dead? It's, I yeah, can't you, you knew that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so she was initially thought to be a runaway, which is sad. Uh, and her body has never been found. Ever. And a lot of these haven't been. Yeah. Because it's weird. The Washington victims, most of them were found eventually. Eventually, yeah. Colorado and Utah, not so much. Nope. Uh, some of them were, but a lot of them were not. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm not sure why that is. Yes. All right. All right. So the next one, she, okay, so it's Melissa Ann Smith was taken October 18th, 1974. Oh, so, so like two weeks so later. So two weeks later, he starts to speed up here. So she was 17 and the daughter of the police chief of Midvale, Colorado, which I think I've been there. Ooh. That's weird. That sounds familiar. I drove through Colorado once. So she was, had plans to go to a sleepover and then the sleepover was like canceled at the last minute, but nobody told her. Which it was, is so mean. I feel like that's. And a total like mean girl bullshit. Yeah. Like, right. I can tell her. So she ends up, like, another friend calls her who was like breaking up with her boyfriend and was working at a pizza parlor. Yeah. So doesn't she yeah. walk over okay. to the pizza parlor the to go talk to the friend? The place is called Pepperoni Pizza Place. That can't be real. Yeah, that's the worst name of a restaurant ever. Like, ever. You only have pepperoni pizza. Pe- and it's... Mm. I'm really mad at the name I'm just going to say, this is my... When I think of 1974, <laughs> I think of horrible, horrible food. Yeah. Like, really processed. Mm. Everything's disgusting. There's nothing interesting. So I imagine... Plus, I feel like it's just a pot roast that will give you colon cancer. Pot roast that will give you colon cancer and pepperoni pizza at the place. Ew. (laughs) So she goes, she goes to meet with a friend to talk about the boy, the breaking up with the boyfriend and... God, and how depressing. Like, you know when you're like a preteen or a teenager and like your friend breaks up with their boyfriend, you're like, oh my God, it's the worst thing ever. And it, it it is legitimately. In that moment in time, you're like, my life is over. And then you get murdered. And then, yeah. and then it's well, not the worst except thing. the girl who gets murdered is not the one breaking up with her boyfriend. No, no, I know. But, but like, you know, I mean, it's just so dramatic. It's but then like so dramatic. The drama would actually come. Ugh. Breaking up with a 
boyfriend in high school is the like the emotional equivalent of getting divorced. Yeah. Which makes no sense as an adult, but I think that really is what it feels like. Yeah. So it's weird to mix like the teenage nothing drama right. with like no real drama. Right. It's strange. Getting murdered. When this shit happens to teenagers, that's I don't know how to wrap my head around that. Oh, I know it's bad. It's yeah. So at 9 p.m., she called her sister. No, I'll just get this one. (laughs) And she was like, hey, I'm going to be home around 10 p.m. The timing is important because she didn't show up. The witness said that she was possibly hitchhiking home. Oh, and her dad, who was right. the cop, was like, He was, what like, the fuck? super pissed because, like, he had told her, do not ever hitchhike. Like, he knows he's the chief of police. And, and he had so, told her many times how fucking dangerous it is and how people get killed all the time. Right. But right below it, you talk about how somebody matching Ted Bundy's description was seen in the restaurant. Right. So if that's true, I don't think she... That doesn't make sense that she would be hitchhiking if he was already right there. Okay, so what they said was that uh, this man left. They saw a man matching his description, which... Who knows? I mean, eyewitnesses are yeah, not it reliable may not be him, at yeah. all. But that he left very soon after she Hello. went outside. So potentially, and this is just speculation, she could have left, and then he could have like kind of gotten in his car and been like, "Hey, do you need a ride? It's kind of late." You're right, and I guess that would look know. like kind of like hitchhiking to an external right person. So, Anyway, regardless, what ends up happening around 10.15, and this is fucking the weirdest part, there was a woman outside raking her leaves at 10.15 at, 10, 15 at night. PM, Whatever. Which kind of makes me be like, oh my god, I'm just going to start mowing my lawn at like 11. <laughs> it would be, you would never get sweaty. It would be so True. great. But she heard a scream pierce the night air at 10.15. And then that was that. And then her body was found by hunters on October 27th. She had a hole in her head, and they thought she was shot originally, but it was determined to be from a crowbar. Yeah. They, yeah, Ted Bunny really liked to hit women over the head with things and fucking destroy their skulls. Right. But after choking them, or maybe before, I don't know what the order of events was, but there was choking and head wounds often. So, okay. Um, And so she was also found with a blue men's sock tied around her neck. So what it seems like from what I gather from this book, and again, I don't know how much of it is like, you know, taking license and liberty with this, but there's like this really intense description where like the head crashing or the head crushing would happen when he was trying to like incapacitate them to get, he would like try to knock them out and then he would handcuff them so they couldn't get away. The strangling would happen, like he pulled a Gary Ridgeway, where he'd be having sex with them, and then he would strangle them while he was having sex with them. And there was like this really gross description about like the tightening around him. I remember that. I remember that. Like, ew. It was very penthouse letters. I know. You do not need to say that. You don't need to talk about that. Yeah. So the book is kind of like grody sometimes. (laughs) It's a little grody. Exactly the word. It's grody. So. What's interesting about all of these abductions, which are all mostly teenagers and not don't seem to be quite as slick as they had been in Washington. Yeah. It reminds me, so I'm going to tell a little story here. When I was, oh, I don't know, like 18, um, I used to go running. I started running after I got out of high school. And I would always go at night and I would always go on the Berkman Trail. Oh my God. That's just asking to get murdered. Pretty much. So... And there was never anybody out because this was Seattle and 
I don't know, 1997. And it was different then. So it just was fucking empty. So I go out at night. There's no cars. There's no people. Just fucking nobody. Also, P.S., heavily wooded in many areas. Well, the... Not exactly, but it's below the street grade. Ugh. So if cars are driving by, the Brickman Trail is below it, so you can't see, oh for at least for a lot of it, what's going on. So one time I was out running, and I don't think I had headphones in, but I was running along the Brickman Trail, and a guy was walking sort of the opposite <gasps> direction. And no. I passed him, and I heard him stop and <gasps> turn around and, no. and start to follow me. Oh, my God, no. So I stopped. And I turned around and I was like, no. You said that? Yeah. And he like looked kind of freaked out and then he turned around and walked away from me. Oh my God, that was totally Ted Bundy. It was Ted Bundy, right? It was Ted Bundy. But reading all this shit, I'm like, I can't wrap my head around how fucking dangerous it is to be a woman and especially a fucking teenager and especially... Out at night doing relatively normal shit. Like, yeah. we weren't doing anything crazy or weird. Right. Like, a lot of this was just like, oh, I'm just walking to a friend's house. Which oh, yeah, I no. would do all the time at night. They were just existing as females. Just existing as women. Right. That's dangerous enough. So, to me, like, I think, I really do think of Ted Bundy as being the ultimate misogynist. Yeah. Because he seemed so nice and normal. And he seemed like a nice guy. You know, he didn't yeah. seem like a creeper. He didn't seem like a thug. He didn't seem... He didn't come across as, like, a rapist or someone who was going to hurt you. Except if anyone ever heard his voice, I wouldn't know immediately. I'd be like, this guy's a fucking... Yeah. He's going to murder me. I think if you... I think... And I think there were people who paid attention to him. Yeah. Who, like the professor, who were like, that guy's fucking weird. Yeah, he's weird. And it makes me think that Anne Rule didn't have her head screwed on straight, yeah. that she was she didn't see that. Right. Sorry, I totally weird. derailed it, but... No, it's okay. Okay, so Melissa Smith kind of represents this weird turning point. Okay, so the autopsy, when they did the autopsy, they determined that she had been dead for no more than three days when her body was found. Or no, 36 hours. So a day and a half. Yeah, when her body was found. Which, keep in mind, it was found... October 27th, and she went missing on October 18th. So that means that she had been alive for days and had been kept for days. However, because of the the extent of her injuries, she'd probably been unconscious that entire time, like in a coma or whatever, which is creepy, okay? Now, this is the really fucking weird part. And this is the part that I'm like, what were you doing, Ted Bundy? When she was found... The rest of it made sense, but this Well, I mean, this this is is really weird. Okay. (laughs) When she was found, her hair had been washed. Oh, yeah. She had makeup put on, and her nails had been painted. And her sister, like they had her sister look... No, it was not her nail polish. It was not her makeup. So someone had been fucking, like, doing basic hygiene on her. Here's the thing. For days. Ted Bundy admitted to doing this same thing uh, with some of the victims in Washington too. I know. But they were just so decomposed that nobody could tell. But uh, he, So that means Ted Bundy was going to a fucking drugstore buying makeup, makeup. and shampoo and apparently probably taking these women back to his apartment. I mean, if he's washing their hair and stuff. So I mean, oh, we'll, so get, this, we'll get to what he was 
what he was taking back to his apartment. Well, later. that too, but I think that's a later thing. Yeah. So I mean, but this woman's body was probably in his apartment this entire yes. the time she was alive. Exactly. Yeah. So he just had like a comatose woman in his apartment that he was dressing up like a doll and having sex with. Oh god, Jesus. Okay, so he's <laughs> fucked up. Seriously, a, this is what I'm talking about. This is the icky grody part. Ew. <sighs> All right. Okay. So, um Halloween it's October 31st, 1974. Uh, Lauren, excuse me, Laura Amy? Aim? Yeah. I'm not sure how to pronounce her name. Something. A-I-M-E. Uh, also 17 years old, really tall. Six feet tall. Six feet tall and 115 pounds. I was just reading an Anne Rule's book because Anne Rule, following her tradition of always, always wanting to talk about people's <laughs> appearance, yeah. made a big, well, she was model slim. Oh my God. Uh, Anne Rule. Model, model slim, slim wow. was this girl because she was six feet tall and 115 Jesus. pounds, which is quite quite thin. Jesus, Anne Um She was into horses, and this is Morgan's nose, and hunting and shit. And <laughs> okay. hunting, hunting and shit. Okay, I just need to say something really quick. Yeah. I know this girl. Like, you remember that one weird kid in high school who was really into horses? Sure, and absolutely. Who, like, yeah. brazenly killed animals? Yeah. Yeah, That's, this is her. Except, I will say, in places in the West, like Montana and Utah and Colorado and Wyoming, that's a lot of people. Gross. Like, that's not an unusual thing. So. Gross. Just say that. Quit school. And her family didn't like her friends, but hoped that she would get her life back on track. As parents are want to do. They, like, they do want that oh, to happen. It, they'll be there. They'll be okay. Went to a Halloween party and around midnight hitchhiked home. And didn't did not make it home. And at first, her parents were not worried about it because I think guess that was kind of her pattern. But then she didn't show up for a hunting trip with her dad. And, and then they knew. And then they were like, "Uh oh, something's wrong here." Oh, she doesn't want to go kill animals with her father at a good wholesome family activity. Yeah. something's wrong. <laughs> Correct. God. And her body was found um, November twenty seventh, so less than a month later by. BYU students, Brigham Young. Oh my god, can you fucking imagine what was going through their minds? Like, they're just like fucking Mormons. Wholesome Mormon people, and then just like find a dead body. It's interesting all the dark shit that's happened in Utah. (sighs) The history of Mormonism. Oh my god. We need to do a podcast about the history of Mormonism because it's so dark. We just need to do a podcast about every John Krakauer book. Yeah. No, and, and invite him. Shit, I'm spilling beer on myself. And invite him to come <gasps> speak. Oh my god, that'd be amazing. But then I'd want to have sex with him it's afterwards. A, we'll just, but that's okay, right? We'll put it on a podcast. Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> my dark hour takes a turn for the very weird and pornographic. The pornographic. Whatever. That's that's cool. It'll be great. We could call it my sexy hour. <laughs> so you guys, this is the, this part fucked me the fuck up. Okay. Her dad, this is really actually sad. Okay, so I'm sorry what I said about the hunting thing. This is this is not what any parent should have to do. She was strangled with a stocking, and they had her dad come down to the morgue oh God, yeah. to identify her, right? Her face was, like, so fucking swollen. Her tongue was protruding. Ooh, sad. Her skull was, like, totally cracked. Okay, her dad, when he saw her for the first time, when he saw her face, was like, that's not my daughter, that's a stranger. And then he was like, wait a minute, she, like, had this big cut on her arm, like, she had this scar, let me check, and it was fucking her. And he was really sad and crying about how, like, his little girl was out in the cold and no one was there to, like, be with her. Oh, my God. I'm just gonna say something. That would be awful. For the record, officially. (sighs) 
I pray to God that I never have to go to a fucking morgue and identify somebody I know. Right? Every single time that I read something like that, that's all I think about. I know. I would not do that. I would be like, no, I'm not doing that. Okay, here's the thing. I would do it for Richie. That is the only person that I think I would feel absolutely compelled to do it for as a child. Girl, I know, but if you like had to see him that way, and that's going to be your memory. I know, but I still think I would do it. Oh my God, I couldn't do it. And it would just, I mean, it would wreck you psychologically. I mean, I think you're fucking done at that point. I'd kill myself, yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. But I think you would have to, because if you didn't, you wouldn't know. Like, is that them? Are they dead? I think you have to know those things. Fuck. But, like, that's not something that I can ever skip over thinking. I'm always like, oh, shit, okay, now I have to go through the whole process of thinking about Mm. going to the fucking morgue and identifying a body. Oh, my God. Because almost every single one of these victims, somebody in their family had to do that, the ones who were found. Jesus. Ugh. I mean, yeah. Yeah, no, and that was, like, that's the thing. So, a lot of these, which, as it would, but a lot of these families were completely devastated after the death of these girls. I mean, like, people died in tragic accidents. Like, f- parents got divorced. So it's like this trauma happens. And then it's like generations of passed down trauma. Yeah. You- I-, I think that we forget that. But especially, like, parents who have children die in yeah. any way. But probably right. especially with murder. murder. The divorce rate is insane. Right. It's like like 90% or something. Yeah. And yeah, the I mean, families just fucking implode. Yeah. I think with this stuff, so it's awful. So it's really hard. People like Ted Bundy. It's like yeah, he kills people, but then he also completely destroys every single one of those families. Yeah. So it's like if you think about all the different people that are affected by these things, it's hundreds of people, right. if not more. Yeah. So it's really awful. Yeah, it's amazing, like what one person can do. Right. In a few years. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Well, the next person that we're going to talk about is, is a survivor. Yeah. She survives and escapes. And this is kind of, um, I think they used this as sort of a basis to kind of figure out, like, how the other ones happened. Yes. So on November 8th, so again, like a week, a week later. later, so he's really starting to speed up here. Ted Bundy went to this place called Fashion Place Mall. And the the book we're talking about, <sighs> so the newer great. one... The author goes and actually takes photographs of a lot of these yeah. places. So he went to Salt Lake City in like 2006, so ten year, more than 10 years ago now. But takes picture of the mall, takes yeah. a picture of where she was. This Well, we'll get there. But I mean, all the different locations that right. this whole case happened. It's kind of cool. It is really still interesting. There. Yeah. Uh, Fashion Place Mall. This is in Murray, Utah. These are all like kind of in just like the greater Salt Lake City area. She was there trying to buy a Christmas present. So she's like a good planner because I seriously... November 11th to buy yeah, Christmas. No. That's amazing. No, no. While she was shopping, she was looking in a, the window of Walden Books, which seriously, Walden Books was my place. I used to work at Walden Books. Oh my fucking God. Are you serious? 2000. No, the year 2000. Oh my God. To 2001, I worked at Walden Books. Yeah. Girl, my dream. That was my dream. That's all it I was, wanted in life. It was good. It was a good job. <sighs> so good. Um, she was looking in the window of a Walden Books and while this happened, she was approached by a nicely dressed man who had a mustache, just a mustache, and patent leather shoes. Which come up multiple a lot. times. Yeah. Yes. So he identified himself as Officer Roseland of the Murray PD, and he asked her if her car had, was parked in the Sears parking lot. And she said, Yes. And he said, I need you. Your car's been broken into. I need you to come and check to make sure if anything has been taken. And she's like, Oh shit. 
So they get back to her car, which is a Camaro. P.S. Kind of fancy. (laughs) And she said she didn't see anything wrong with it at all. Like, it didn't seem like it was just the way that she left left it. it. And then he asked her to look inside, and she did from the outside. And then he was like, hey, actually, can you go in the passenger side and look and make really make sure? And she was like, no. Which I think is, like, super awesome. Like, hell yeah, girl, you tell him. She was like, no, I'm not doing that. So then he said, okay, like, there's a police substation nearby. It's in this building where there's a laundromat. Yeah, just... The back door of totally the laundromat. Makes, makes sense. And so she went with him. They get to this door and it's locked. And she's like, he's like, well, okay, come to the precinct. You need We need to go to the precinct. I can't get in here. Come with me in my VW. But, <laughs> my but, fucking Beetle. <laughs> right. Okay. And then at this point she says, I no. need to see your badge. Oh, shit. Well, I don't know if I know enough of the details, but my memory is that it was, like, like a kid's... Like, something you could buy. Yeah, like, it was in a wallet. Like, a... Was it in a wallet? Well, like, you know, like, one of those little, like... Flip-out wallets. wallets, yeah. And it had a name on it, which was... I can't remember the name, but it was the name he was, like, pretending was his. Rosalind. Rosalind? Officer Rosalind. Rosalind. Yeah. yeah. And I don't remember what she said. Did she think it was legit? Or was mm. she, like, like no, that's she, bullshit, I'm out of here. Well, no, she said it was, like, so quickly that she couldn't really see it. But she fucking went with him. She got in the That's car with him. Right. Yeah. I see, I'm like, I've been a while since I've... Rem- Shit. Okay, which honestly... Morgan okay. does all the notes here and then I forget all the details. <laughs> honestly, if a, poli- a man comes up to you and says, I'm a police officer, come to the police station with me, and then gets you into his shitty fucking Volkswagen... But here's the thing. Like, we are so programmed to follow authority. Girl, but she questioned him. She was like, she did. no. But she still fucking goes with him. I know. What but the that, fuck? That's, but the point is, I think I would too. I mean, I am Carrie, so... Carrie, don't do that. Well, I'm... Okay, I don't want to, but I think I would <laughs> because that is the just the way we are taught in society. No, I know, totally. That if somebody comes up to you and looks like a cop, right. it doesn't occur to me to be like, who the fuck are you? Right. Like, yeah. I have... I have an... Shit, I have all these like weird stories. Okay, I have another <laughs> weird fucking story that actually reminds me of this. So, same road trip where I was in Minnesota and, like, the guy was following me really fast. Girl, what the fuck? I don't know. This is on the way home, so it was a to- obviously a totally different day. But I was driving along. I don't remember what state it was in. But there was construction. And as I, I was going too fast, and as I went into the construction zone, I noticed there was a cop pulled over, <gasps> like, waiting, you know, a speed trap. And so I slowed way down. And then once I got through the work area, I looked behind me in the rearview mirror and I kind of swerved a little bit because I, I was looking in the rearview mirror and I wasn't paying attention. Oh, no. Fucking, he turns on his lights, pulls me over. Uh-oh. I'm like, God damn it. Because I thought I was going to get a work zone ticket for, for like a million dollars. Right. So he comes over, young guy, totally same, like young guy, good looking, kind of, yeah. Mm, mm, yes, And daddy. he was really nice, but he was like, hey, um, I want you to come sit in the in the car, the cop car. Girl, he was going to make you give him a blowjob. No. No, no, no. That's not what happened. I know why he was doing it. But I probably should have been more like, why or why are you asking me to do this? That's weird. Because I showed him my license and registration. I mean, it was all totally legit. But that's what he asked me to do is come sit in the cop car with him in the front seat. Yeah, so you could give him a blowjob. No, he was checking to see if I was drunk. Oh. In a subtle way, because in the enclosed car, he could smell. I, I think that's what he was thinking. Like, he would be able to smell if, if I had, like, alcohol in my breath or something. 
Because I don't, do you think I was just going to like offer him a blowjob? No, he was going to be like, I won't give you this ticket if you give me a blowjob. But he didn't do that. Did you go sit in the car with yeah. me? Yeah. Are you fucking kidding that's me? That's my fucking point. I did. Carrie. Nothing happened, but that's but that's what I'm saying. A fucking police. And he was really a police officer. Fucking police officer tells you to do something. They have a gun. Mm. You're going to do it. And I think we're, we're so programmed to do that, that even somebody who's not a police officer, we're like, it's like, sure. Like, oh yeah, of course, of course, of course we're going right. to follow authority. So it's very clever because he did, I, I don't think Ted Bundy was as smart as everyone else does, but right. he did all the correct things to get, especially women to do what he wanted them to do. Right. And I mean, other serial killers have also capitalized yes. on that whole authority yes. thing too, and acted as a cop. So, so this is fucking is, brazen. Like after she questions him to totally. still be like, no, come with me. Right. And also, I mean, again, and I think we talked about this in the last episode, but really playing on, you know, women are supposed to be nurturers and helpful and playing on that as a way to, I mean, he did, he was able to read situations well, or he was lucky. Either one. Both. Both, yeah. Yeah. So they're in the car. Okay. She gets in the car with him. She's driving. He starts driving away from civilization and she's like, <laughs> uh oh. Also, Uh-oh. speaking of smelling alcohol in an enclosed he space, she super could, drunk. yeah, she could tell that he was drunk. She yeah. could smell alcohol. So she was like, oh fuck. Anyway, Ted Bundy parks super violently in front of this school, like really fast, and like shoots up on the curb. And she, and started attacking her, okay? She starts fighting back, which is like hella badass, like, yes, queen. And then in the like whole tussle, he got one handcuff on her, and then got the other handcuff on, but it was on the same arm. So she manages somehow, he like loses control. She manages somehow to get out and starts taking off down the street and he fucking takes off after her. Right. But then he realizes, oh shit, someone's going to see this. I'm going to get caught. He heads back to the Volkswagen and then speeds away. She ran into the street and this like old couple in a truck were there. She just jumps into the truck with them and they drive her to the police station so she barely got away with her life. Barely. And the saga fucking continues. On the same night. On the same night. Because Ted Bundy then goes to a high school. <sighs> okay, wait. Can I just say something? This is my fucking favorite one. If I could have a favorite one. Favorite Ted Bundy murder. This is Morgan's oh favorite. Oh my okay. god. This is fucking crazy, you guys. So same night, Deborah Jean Kent, 17 years old, again, She's at a fucking high school play in the auditorium like, at, okay, at a play. Right. At this place called Viewmont High School in Bountiful, Colorado. Now, this is really important because this is not like in some city area. It's not like he just went into Salt Lake and got off the highway and there was a high school there. This is like in deep residential area. Yeah. Okay. So like not crime. No crime. It's not a thing. She's going to see this play with her family. Oh, that's right. Her dad was an oil executive who had had a heart attack. Which nothing says like relaxation, like going and seeing a high school play. Like what the fuck? It's It's, Yeah, I don't know. Dropped their son off at the skating rink and he was expecting to be picked up at 10 o'clock. During this play, multiple people, including the fucking theater teacher, was approached by a man 
who kept asking people to come outside with him. Yeah, to identify a vehicle, and, just like Carol Durant. But he seemed really wackadoodle at yeah. this point where nobody would go with him. I mean, pretty much everybody was like, dude, get the fuck away from me. And Girl, the theater, you know, he had just like such a big boner and was like, ah, he was like, oh, I gotta right. get off. Yeah. I mean, he was acting nuts, I think, at this point. Yeah. So he comes up to the theater teacher. He's like, hey, hey, you gotta come out to the parking lot with me. And he was so pushy that it like creeped her out to yeah, the like point he, where she remembered it. He grabbed her arm and stuff. Yeah. And she saw him like, in the audience, like, kind of, like, milling around in the back of the theater. Like, she noticed this guy was, like, kind of sticking around, right. and it bothered her. Like, it was creepy enough that she was didn't know what the fuck he was doing around. Yeah. So Debbie Kent, who was a 17-year-old, she leaves it in her mission to go get her brother because the play was going to run late, and he wanted to be picked up at 10 o'clock. A scream was heard in the parking lot by witnesses the teacher pointed out the creepy guy to her husband later and was like, dude, look at that guy over there. He was like bugging me to go outside with him. And he looks all like freaked out and disheveled. And he had like his, um, they said that when they saw him the second time, his like shirt was untucked. Yeah. Well, no, it must've been at the end of the play. Okay. So like he left, Debbie Kent left during intermission. He leaves. And then they see him. Like, well, he they comes, don't. Right. And they see him at the end of the play. So he comes back. Right, so chances are Debbie Kent was probably... In his car. Unconscious. Yeah. yeah. So he leaves, goes and does whatever he does with her, right. and then, yeah, comes back for the end, fucking end of the play? Like, right. I don't know what he was doing oh in there. Oh my god, I know. So Debbie never comes back, and they find that her car is still where she had left it. Right, so, like, they're... Okay, they're expecting, okay, where's Debbie? She's not back by the end of the play. And they're, like, kind of milling around, like, talking with people. They go out to the parking lot, and the car is still there, and they're like... Oh, fuck. They knew shit was up. Well, and here's the thing that I don't know how to... I don't know where this connection happens, but Carol Durange, who was the woman who had been abducted but gotten away the same night, had gone to the cops, told them what had happened, and and at some point, police, when they went to the high school to investigate this missing girl found handcuff keys in the parking lot right, and yeah. made the connection probably that the same person who had attempted the to get Carol Durant had gotten taken her. So at that point they were like, shit, like this girl's probably murdered. Cause right. I mean, they had had other abductions. I mean, they were noticing a pattern at this point. Cause he, I mean, he'd only been in town for two months at this point right. and we'd already had five women. Right. Go missing. And it, this fucked the community up. Yeah. Oh. like, right. This is like a residential community. It's not, you know, it's just like nice, wholesome families. And well, I mean, we both worked at a high school, so imagine right. if we had an event, you know, after school at night. <gasps> oh my god! And this happened to one of our oh students. God. Like a fucking student was abducted oh and my god. murdered. Yeah. No, oh I, my god! I mean, that would. I, I mean, and we don't live in a secluded, you know, safe area, but that would right. that would still fuck everybody up. Totally. I mean, that's as far as I know, it's never happened. Right. So, I mean, this, I don't think you can, I think it's easy to kind of be like blase when you're reading murder after murder after murder. But if you just think about what that would have been like, oh it'd be fucking terrifying. Right. Ugh. Yeah. Horrifying. And this ruined their family. So this yeah. is, this family, the, the like, fucked up all the kids. Obviously, your sister gets, like, abducted and murdered. One of their sons died in a drunk driving accident. Yeah. They got divorced. All the kids were hella fucked up. The dad said that Ted Bundy is, like, a cancer on their family. It destroyed their family. Well, that's, so what I, that's what I think about evil people. Yeah. That... The shit they do is not 
just contained to the shit they actually yeah. do. It's it like it spreads. Yeah, ripples in, out. It does, and in ways that you couldn't foresee. Right. It's fascinating how that happens. Totally. She, oh my god. I don't know if this next one. I wouldn't say she's my favorite, but to me, oh, this is so a classic. Like. Imagine a 1970s horror movie. That's what this next one is to right. me. Right. Totally. All, in all ways. Completely. So what you may have noticed or may not, because we were like kind of brushed over it, is that so Carol Durange was taken in Marie, Utah, and Deborah Jean Kent was taken in Bountiful, Colorado. So we're like talking about the like a it's just like a state boundary here. Okay. So he's now moved into kind of like going he's more interested now in like Colorado. Mm-hmm. So for a while we get some some Colorado murders. Oh my god, this one is so fucking nuts and this one has such an eerie feeling to me. Okay, so this happens on January 12th of 75. So he took a little break. And they bit. even explain in the book why he took a break. It's because like his girlfriend came to visit. He had lots of people come in from out of town. Like Christmas time. Christmas time. You're yeah. busy. You're uh-huh. busy. You got family obligations. Right. You know, you don't you don't have time for murders. So oh he takes a little break. Could you imagine just like, oh, I'm gonna take a break from murdering this month? Yeah. No December Jeez. murders for me. Oh my god. <laughs> I'll, I'll get back to it in January. So oh, yeah. Ted Bundy. And he did not even wait that long in January. Okay, so Karen Campbell is a twenty four was a 24-year-old. She was a nurse, and she was attending a medical conference with her... Boyfriend. Boyfriend. Fiance. Right, who was a doctor. He was And older than her, and he had kids. He did. And so, and also, so this is also interesting, and I don't get this. It's the fucking 70s. But she, (laughs) they were there with, like, another guy that was their friend, but was also her Her ex-boyfriend. What the fuck was that? No, it was really weird. It's, like, all of this is the most 70s thing ever. So it's, like, young pretty nurse with, like, hot older doctor (laughs) with kids from a previous marriage at a fucking ski resort. They're at a ski resort in, like... Basically Aspen. Right. Like more or less. With your hot other ex-boyfriend. With your hot ex-boyfriend. Who's also who a doctor. you may still be fucking. We're not sure. Definitely still fucking. Definitely still fucking. They all are fucking together. <laughs> it's just like an orgy. It's a 70s yeah. coke fueled with milk and beef oh God. stew. Okay, so, <laughs> so this is like seriously the worst part. Okay. <laughs> They went to dinner. This is the worst part. The worst part of the whole... This is the worst part of Ted Bundy. <laughs> they went to dinner... And she got stew and milk. Because she wasn't feeling well. Okay, no. That, she had the, that she, is what makes you not feel good. I know. Is stew and but milk But in together. every book they talk about how her stomach was upset, she wasn't feeling well. So to deal with that, she S- drinks milk. A glass of milk and fucking beef stew? What, <laughs> what? the fuck? I, that makes no sense. I feel like that will just make you barf. It would absolutely make oh my you laugh. That's disgusting. I know. Okay, so on the way back from that nasty ass fucking dinner, they went to like a drugstore and got magazines. And they come back to go, like go chill by the fire in the lobby, like such a Aspen, Colorado thing to do. And she goes like this, hey, I left my magazine, because she had a different magazine. Hey, <laughs> I have a magazine up in the room. Will you go get it for me to her boyfriend, right? Which a nice Beyonce. guy. Okay, boyfriend. A nice guy would say... Yeah, I'll go get your magazine for you. No problem, my love. Because you do so many nice things for me. But this guy refu- was a yeah. douche nozzle. He refused to go. And they had words, and he still refused to go. He said, no, I'm not going. I'm not going to go to your room. I'm not going to go to the room and get it. What a fucker, okay? So she's going to go back up to the room. The kids are like, let us go with you. And she was like, no, stay with your dad. 
So she goes up to her room, okay? She gets in the elevator. There's some nurses she knows. They talk. Hey, oh, hi, are you having fun? Yeah, I'm having fun. I'm going to be right back down in the lobby. Okay. But then after that, she was never seen again. Fucking, alive. Fucking just disappears. Yeah. Okay. So this On the, like, in between the elevator door and her hotel room, her hotel room. which was, like, right fucking there. Yeah. Okay, you guys. So this is so creepy. This is why I love this one. Okay. At this resort, okay, the resort is shaped in like a U shape, and in the middle of the courtyard is a heated pool, right? It's in wintertime in Colorado, which is hella fucking cold out. So what it's hella cold. It's like 20 below zero. Like they keep talking about how it's like insane cold. Right. So the heated pool ends up shooting up this giant wall of mist. Which, imagine how creepy that sounds. Fucking 70s horror movie. I know. Right? All of this. Totally. I just imagine everything being quiet, cold, and there's just like this crazy scary mist, right? So this is what is happening when fucking Karen Campbell gets stolen, okay? So the boyfriend's sitting down, probably by the fire, all fucking warm, reading his magazine, douche. And he's like, ooh, where's Karen? Where'd Karen go? (laughs) And then he starts getting worried, Okay. So she took the key, so he goes back upstairs. He goes, like, the door's locked, obviously. He's banging on the door. No one's answering. He goes down. The manager gets him a key. They go in, and everything's there. Her magazine's there. Her purse is there. Everything. And he's like, oh, fuck. So immediately, right? Does he think she's off fucking her ex-boyfriend? Probably. Which she probably was. <laughs> which yes. she wanted to be. That's actually... Certainly. Actually, this just has a really happy ending. Like, she just ends she up going with him. And, she yeah, was good. They're living happily in, like, Aspen <laughs> to this day. And he gets her magazine when she asks. Initially, of course, they think that the boyfriend and or the ex-boyfriend are suspects. They give them polygraphs. They're they like... Pass. Yeah, they pass. They're dropped as suspects. The boyfriend, as he should, feels hella guilty. Like, I hope he still is living with that guilt. Oh, he's probably dead. This, okay. With well, a diet of beef stew and milk, you right. know that guy's oh fucking, my God. fucking dead. Uh, uh. He, ew. Okay, gross. So, what ends up happening on February 17th is that Karen Campbell's body is found frozen and partially eaten. Are you ready? By animals. Uh, I found pictures of her body. No. Yeah, it's the only Ted Bundy victim photo I've ever seen, I think. Yeah. Is so, it, are they bad? No. Oh no, because they're, they're, they're far away. Like, oh. Like, the photograph is taken sort of of a pol- a one or two police officers standing by her body. And yeah. so there's a, there's a pretty good distance between the camera and the body. So there's no real detail. Oh, you gotta show me. But it's her lying on her stomach, naked. With her arm out? With her, like, well, and her legs sort of spread. Oh, God. You know? But, I mean, there's no, there's no gore to the picture. But still, it's the only photo I've ever seen. Yeah. Of, of a Ted Bundy victim. Uh, I saw one of a skull, but that's it. Oh, well, yeah, okay, yeah. Right, I saw, I that doesn't skull, count. But... Okay, so she was partially eaten, and in the book... I was like, I on the bus went because <gasps> I didn't know that Ted Bundy was a cannibal. No, she he was she was partially eaten by animals. Animals, yeah. Um, so in the, the autopsy, they 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 identified her through her dental records. First off, the autopsy showed that her teeth were all broken. She was eaten on her face and her head and her arm. Um, they found the stew and milk still in her stomach. So she had died like right after she'd been she had left. Right, and didn't vomit 
first because it's amazing. So she was killed within five hours of eating dinner. And what I remember is that other people in the hotel had seen, frankly, a creepy guy hanging Ugh. out by the elevators. Ugh, God, Jesus. So he had just been there just lurking. Ugh. Yeah, so if anybody wants to make a Ted Bundy horror movie, which really nobody has, yeah. that's where you want to put your fucking energy is that oh, yeah. story. Because that's just... So creepy. It's very cinematic. Uh, how many do we? How many more do we, we have? Four more. Jesus, we're oh crap! We got it. We got to We got okay. We got to be quick. Okay. With these, with these last couple. These okay. last couple, I think, are kind of quick. So March fifteenth, nineteen seventy five, Julie Cunningham. So a twenty six year old, so older than the rest, living in Vail, Colorado. And I'm always interested in what like Vail and Aspen are like. Right. I bet they're awful. Seems like very bad. It, Seems like the worst place ever because yeah. I think skiing is awful. But a part-time ski instructor uh, who worked at a sporting goods store. Sad. I can't imagine there's anything else to do oh in a place God. like that. Uh, walking to a tavern to meet a friend for drinks and helped an injured man take his ski boots to his car. Where did... Wait, who who knew that? Uh, that was from the fucking book. But this is the other thing because apparently a witness said that they saw him talking to her about it. But like then was like, oh, I hurt myself skiing after work today. I but remember like, that. What I was thinking is, where do you fucking get a crutch? That's what I want to know. You sure you might hurt yourself skiing? How do you magically get a crutch? So I feel like you need there needs to be some critical thinking happening here. I agree. So we don't we I guess we don't know how he enticed her beyond just being injured. Uh, we know she was hit in the head with a crowbar and handcuffed. Uh, and woke up after she had been knocked out, woke up and started asking what this was all about. Oh my God, this is the fucked and up one. And begged for her life. Ugh. Taken to a secluded location, strangled until unconscious, raped, and then brought to again. And okay. this is not the first time oh he had God. done this. No, and this is so fucked up. He deliberately opened up the passenger door. So when she came to, she realized that that would be a mean, like a mean. Like, oh, I can get away. Yeah. So she runs out the door. And he catches her. He fucking tackles her. her. And, uh, yeah, and he strangles so, her to death. So she's like just got done begging for her life. Running away. Think, right. Thinking she's has a chance. Right. No. no. So this uh, would be, if they made this into a horror movie, it would be the most depressing horror movie of all time. Because right. it would just be woman after woman just getting murdered. Which right. is not actually, if you think about it, that's not really how horror movies go. Yeah. There'll be a couple people getting murdered, and then there's, like, the final girl who gets away. Yeah. We don't get that here. No. Ever. There's Carol DeRange. They could make her... They could just sort of switch it up. So he went back two times from Salt Lake City and had sex with her dead body. And then after the second time, he buried her. Because like, he went out like, to get Like him. Gary Ridgway was right. like, mm, two, two times is enough, I guess. Oh, God. All right. Um, so we have a couple more. So, um, and we're only going to focus on the Utah, Colorado, Idaho victims. There's one, one more chunk yeah. after this. But. Right. Surprisingly, it's kind of a lot. God. Um, so the next one is De- Denise Oliverson. That's a weird last name. It is. I don't like it. Okay. So this is in April. So again, a little bit more of a gap. She was 24. She was taking from Grand Junction, Colorado. Uh, she had an argument with her boyfriend, and then she decided to ride her bike to her parents' house, which was across the Colorado River. 
So she's on a yellow um, bike, like Janice on. Wearing like a skirt and kind of. She that's, like an that's Indian what I blouse yeah. on. Yeah. And it isn't known how she was abducted or killed, but her body was dumped in the Colorado River and it's never been found. So the ones that have never been found, we know about this From because Ted, Ted Bundy. Bundy said so. Yeah. Said, oh yeah, this is what happened with that person. Oh God. Oh my God, this next one is so fucked up. Let's see if I can know the details of this. Lynette Culver, taken May 6, 1975, fucking 12 years old. 12, for the record. So, and this is something that'll come up later, but Ted Bundy had a really difficult time talking about victims that were too young. Yeah. There was other things he didn't like talking about, but particularly victims that were too young. Yeah, he didn't want to be known as, like, a child killer. Yeah. And I don't know if that's because of how he would have been treated in prison. No. I think it's because it, he wanted to be seen as the sophisticated killer of the most high-profile victims and... He would never kill. Because we talked about this. Because right. he was, he looked down on the Green River Killer because he killed prostitutes. prostitutes. Right. And prostitutes are easy. Right. Guess what, Ted Bundy? Fucking twelve year olds are easy yeah. too. So. Yeah, and not only is yeah. it just a regular, he he fucking took this girl from school. And he, this is not, the, yeah, and he'll do Ugh, this again. Gross. So I mean, yeah, this it's this is bad. It's and this bad. is also a very horror movie to me, like yeah. fucking kidnapped from school. Yeah. Yeah, so she was leaving to meet friends for lunch from Alameda Junior High School. Oh my god, in Idaho, that's yeah, right, in Pocatello. In Pocatello. So he he like left and went. So instead of going into Colorado, this time he was like, you know what, I'm gonna mix it up, going to Go Idaho. North. Idaho, yep. sweet. Yep. Uh, she was stopped by a man in a VW Bug, spoke to him through the passenger window, got in the car, and said goodbye to her friends. Like I am really curious what he said to her. I know. To be, she, she was like, cool, yeah, I'm just going to go with this guy. Check you guys later. It's the fucking 70s. 12, though? Like, I can't imagine, even in the 70s, t- being 12 and a random stranger comes up to me. Unless he was doing the cop thing. The cop thing, I think, is sort of magical, but I don't Ugh. know. So, okay, at this Ugh. point, what he had done, he when he went to Pocatello, he uh, got a room in a Holiday Inn... And he had spent a night, like, kind of trolling for someone and couldn't find couldn't anyone. Find anybody. And so he was, I think he was kind of, like, pissed. But he deliberately... But that's why he went through it for a 12-year-old. Because right. Because he couldn't find anybody else. Right. He deliberately got a room in the back of the hotel. Drowned her in the fucking bathtub. Yeah. Of the hotel and had the room in the back so he could get Ugh. her body back into his car without anybody seeing. Yeah. Which he did. Which he, he did. Put her in the trunk. Very successfully, yeah. Right. Dumped her in a river, north of the Pocatello. Was she ever found? I don't think she I don't was think ever she found. was either. And she's fucking twelve. Like I know. Oh God, I'm sure her family imploded too. I'm sure. An interesting piece of trivia, kind of a sad piece of trivia. She was killed on the one year anniversary of the Kathy Parks murder. Although that doesn't seem right to me. Who's Kathy Parks? She was the my favorite one. Who um whose dad had a heart attack from. She you was know? from Corvallis, Oregon. Oh, 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 okay. The yeah. Washington. Okay, yeah. that makes more sense. Yeah. Okay. Okay, and then that brings us to our last Utah, Colorado, Idaho victim, Susan Curtis. Um, so Susan Curtis was taken on June 27th, 1975. 15 years old. Gross, Ted Gross. Bundy. <laughs> Gross. She, this is kind of weird. And if I was her parents, I would never have let her done this. So she was attending the Bountiful Orchard Youth Conference at BYU. Okay? Bountiful. This is going to be important in a minute. Okay. She rode to BYU from Bountiful, Colorado on her bike 
How far is that? Uh, far, and it, it was a two day ride. She just slept. by herself on no, a with fucking... her and her friend, oh and they God. slept in like some like family's yard in Lehigh, Utah, and then like rode their bike there to be in there in enough time for like the next wow. day. So she was at a formal dinner banquet. She had like an evening gown on, and this is like such a fifteen year old thing to do. She left the banquet after dinner to go brush her teeth because she had braces. <laughs> totally. Oh my god, so sad. Did you have sad. braces? You didn't, did you? No. Oh, I did. Oh my god. It seems like you have to clean them a lot, but that's like such a sad thing. Like, I'm going to go be responsible. You guys, this is so fucking nuts. Bountiful, Colorado is also where Deborah Jean Kent was taken from. And guess the fuck what? Susan Curtis was at the fucking play the night Deborah Jean Kent got abducted. She was there and then got taken by Ted Bundy like not even that long later. That's... Oh my god. That's so fucking crazy. Oh my god. So somebody make a fucking movie about this shit. Yeah, because this is horrifying. Uh, And there's just so many interesting little stories and details and connections. Ugh. Somebody do it. Seriously. (sighs) Oh my god. I feel just as gross as last time. It's, It's bad. And it's not going to get any better because, okay, so... It's actually going to get worse. It's going to get worse. So, okay, so next episode or two, it may be two, we're going to talk about Ted Bundy, the person. Jesus. So we're going to follow sort of the pattern of the books, which yeah. is like murder, biography, Florida murders. Yeah. Okay. This will all make sense. It will all make sense. But his, I mean, what ends up happening to him is fucking bananas. Like, as far as I know, oh my God. what the shit that he did has never happened with another serial killer. So, ever. honestly, okay, you know what? I, I'm i gonna say this. I kind of see it. People are talking, they talk a lot about Ted Bundy. I talked about last time how I was being a real hipster about this. But I kind of get it. And yeah. Rule did not help in this regard at all. No. And no, neither did she Bob Keppel, unfortunately, even though I love him. But, like, seriously... I'm starting to understand that, like, the level of depravity, the level of, like, I mean, like, the crazy shit that he did. Uh-huh. It's, it's really fucking crazy. It's fucking nuts. And he does have that sort of superstar charisma. It, he does. But I don't think it's any... Okay, this is the thing, though. I don't think it has anything to do with his personality. I think it has to do with his acts versus... The way that he is as a human, because oh, I, no, he is girl. I disagree. He is so fucking weird, and he's got that weird voice and that unibrow. I'm no. not disagreeing with any of that, but I am saying that he has charisma, which someone like John Wayne Gacy had as well. Which is that you can charm people, you can make people like you, which is a quality that I think someone like Gary Ridgway did not have. Yeah, and I think there is he, something Judith liked him. Okay, Judith, well, well, you know, we've talked about Judith. Peaches liked him. Peaches liked him. That's like one person and one dog. Um, (laughs) I mean, but I think that's the, that's why Ted Bundy is interesting to us is because he was somebody who was liked, who had the potential to be successful and instead was like, no, I'm just going to murder women in holiday and bathrooms. Oh my like, God. that's what I'm going to do with my life. Instead. You guys, I cannot wait to talk to you about what Ted Bundy was doing for jobs. Oh. I, and I can't wait to read you his fucking poetry. Oh my God. That's the one thing that Anne Rule gives us is actual letters from him and oh they God. are the biggest pile of shit. Oh my I've, God. I mean, wait, I'm so, okay, I'm sorry. I, oh my like, God. 
you gotta get ready because it's out of fucking control. And- oh my god, something to seriously fucking look forward to, you guys. I'm just saying the next episode is gonna <laughs> it's be gonna bananas. be. Imagine the shit talking we did about Dave Reichert, but so much more and so much more well deserved. Yes, it's it's. It's gonna be it's gonna be good stuff. I don't know. I think Dave Reichert is like Ted Bundy light. <laughs> no, Honestly, yeah, he is not like Ted Bundy light. Uh-huh. No, he's not. We'll talk about the we'll talk about the commonalities in the next episode. Just saying. Okay. And they're they're there. I agree. Oh, they're there. They're there for sure. Oh my god. Penis plus ego plus being a Republican plus being a Republican. <laughs> so if you're a Republican, maybe Equals don't listen. Don't listen to the next episode. Fucking asshole. So. <laughs> Okay, you guys, thanks for listening. Bye.